Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the podcast with me, Cassie Thorpe. Um, This is where I sit down with people in and around the fashion industry. We talk about things in fashion. We get a bit of an insight into what it looks like when you get into the deep and the nitty gritty of it all. Uh, We also talk about trending topics and hopefully have a laugh. I think we will. I hope so. You said in and around, and I was like, yes, I'm definitely in and around and in the, in the <laughs> and nitty-gritty. In, and in the nooks and crannies of all of the fashions. <laughs> <laughs> so, for episode one, I am here with Christian Choi. <clears throat> Taste maker, creative consultant, stylist, interior designer, and vintage fashion archivist. Multi hyphenate. Multi, have I covered them all? I think so. Is there anything yeah. I missed out? Escort. No. I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say you're not moonlighting or something else. You've not picked up a side hustle in not, the 24 hours that I haven't seen you. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Depends on what what a uh, what piece of furniture I want next and how much it costs. <laughs> Depends how big the Amex bill is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to kick it off with the styling of it all. Mm-hmm. How did you begin in this career? Yeah. I um I was working at Tom Ford and had the opportunity to meet a lot of people in the fashion industry. It was right when Tom Ford opened as his own brand. And not only were there a lot of celebrities coming into the store to shop, but there were a lot of stylists. And this was this is when I first moved to New York, and it was my first time like actually meeting like the heavy hitters of like the styling industry. I mean, mm. June Ambrose used to come into the store and shop for Jay-Z and, oh my and gosh. having the opportunity to, to just pick her brain was incredible. And the fact that she was so lovely and so open to sharing information with me. I feel and- like that's something within fashion that it can be very closed, especially with a job like styling or like creative direction, stuff like that. This isn't stuff that you can learn at school if you're not going to a fashion school. hundred percent. And I didn't go to school for fashion. I went to school for communications and psychology, Mm -hmm. but always had an interest in fashion. And and so it was always my, this, this passion project that I did on the side. I don't even know if I should call it a project. It was just something that I did. I was, I was like styling photo shoots for the sake of doing them for myself because I just wanted to and enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, never actually knowing that being a stylist was what I wanted to be. Working at Tom Ford, I met quite a few stylists. I was able to pick their brains. And then I think that I was afforded this opportunity to connect with them because because I was helping them with their clients. So making suggestions as a retail sales mm-hmm. associate, you know, you have a, you have a sale, you have a, <clears throat> excuse me, you have a stylist coming in that's pulling for their client. I know who their client is. And I'm like, you know what, we've got this, this, and this that I think would also work for your client. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it was recognizing. Cause there's an element of styling in that. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think it was recognizing that I wasn't just trying to push sales onto them, but actually being uh, thoughtful in terms of the pieces that I was selecting for their clients that made this one particular stylist recognize Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe I could be an asset. And so I reached out to her and said, I'm interested in assisting you. And she said, okay. Look at you taking initiative. Absolutely. I think that 
I think that part of my experience at Tom Ford was gaining this confidence in terms of how to talk to people. You know, celebrities mm-hmm. are coming into the store and I had to have conversation with them. Stylists, yeah. uh, people who work in PR, these people who had a real uh, footing, so to speak, in the fashion industry. And for yeah. me to have conversations with them, it it gave me a sense of confidence that, okay, I can actually have conversations with these people. They're, nor- they're normal people just like mm-hmm. just like you and I. Wink, yeah. wink. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, again, you've got things like Devil Wears Prada. The fashion industry is always seen to be super scary mm-hmm. because there is a large part of it that it is. And there are a, lo- are a lot of people in the industry that are absolutely downright terrifying. Oh, my gosh. So I actually have a story. Um, Indulge us. Working at Tom Ford. Anna Wintour came into the store. And I remember being... Not the devil herself. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, I... Was the Bob Bobbin. Oh, I didn't see her. (laughs) I refused. When I heard that Anna Wintour was coming into the store, I literally ran. We had a downstairs... We had a downstairs area, which was our stock room, but also like our break area. Okay, yeah. I ran like my life depended on it. I did not want to meet her. I was terrified. You're like, it's four o'clock. I'm taking my lunch though. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell him. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't make an excuse. I was gone. And the sales, some of the other sales associates were like, Christian, like we need help on the floor. I was like, I am not coming upstairs until she's gone. <laughs> I I don't know what came over me. It was, it I was one it, of those things like. I think she's just got that aura of terror. <laughs> that's absolutely true. But I don't know if it was that or if it was that combined with never meet your heroes. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Because. Because you're always going to be disappointed. Yeah. It mm-hmm. th- something just came over me and I was just like gone. Interestingly enough, Andre Leon Talley. R.I.P. was um oh gosh was um a client of the store mm-hmm. and he was a client of mine and we ended up becoming really good friends. Um, Andre gave me a lot of advice about the industry. Was always very open to talking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I even went to a couple movie premieres with him, which was fantastic. Just to be able to spend time with somebody who was this immense presence in the wow. fashion industry. You know what I mean? Truly, just like. Larger than life. He would come in there and buy, I mean, you know, he was a bigger guy. So mm-hmm. he kind of like had to build his looks around accessories, so to speak. I mean, he always lived in these like gorgeous custom caftans, right? Oh, yeah. But but that was like his Sweeping piece. Sweeping the floor. Right? 100%. He would come into Tom Ford to get crocodile gloves to wear with his caftans. Stop. I mean- gorgeous insane you know and these were things that i couldn't even fathom even working for the store with my 50 percent discount wouldn't mm-hmm. even fathom like buying for myself yeah yeah legend that is obviously how you got into styling an undisclosed number of years ago <laughs> <laughs> so as not to reveal your age um, <laughs> you literally just called me old <laughs> but nobody knows how old <laughs> anyway <laughs> if you were Starting out now, how would you pursue a career in styling? Mm-hmm. Would you do any differently? I still don't feel as social media savvy as I feel like I should be. And and maybe that's because I've gotten comfortable in the fact that, yes, I've like gotten my way into the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, while I think that social media would absolutely be a starting point, um, I also think that there are a lot of people within within social media that that are presenting this facade of, you know, the work that they do. 
Um, and I think just from my experience that you actually have to work, you actually have to put in the work, like being a stylist as glamorous as it may seem on the outside is a difficult job. It's not as glamorous as it seems. It's a lot of schlepping bags and, you know, you want to go out and pop in the stores and look fabulous, but you need to be in sneakers and like some sensible socks. So you don't get like, <laughs> not the sensible, the sensible socks. socks. So you don't get like, um, blisters on your feet. I mean, yeah. seriously, like you're like, it's, it's re- very physical. It's very, it's a very physical job. Mm-hmm. Um, I would utilize social media to gain access to people who've already had, who already have their foot in. Right. I think okay. that that's the thing that's different now mm-hmm. is I was fortunate enough to work in a space where the people who had their foot in the door were coming, essentially coming to me. Yeah. Um, now with access to social media, like you can get into them, but it has to be more, more than just like, look at what I can do or look at what I can post on my, on mm-hmm. my Instagram or on my Twitter. Is it Twitter? Is it X? What's it called now? Um, <laughs> Don't ask me. Exactly. I've given up <laughs> dead in the water. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I'm so over it. Um, you have to be willing to, intern. You have to be willing to assist, um, be open to the possibility of, you know, volunteering so that you can get some opportunity, you know, so that you can get some experience. But I was really fortunate. Like I got in and started as an assistant with a very low day rate, but I was earning money and, and didn't have to work for free. And I know that it's difficult. Like if you don't have money saved or yes. family money to back you, to help you, you know, pay your bills. But, um, while you're, while you're volunteering or mm-hmm. interning, but, um, try in any way that you can to offer your help to a stylist, you know, you've got to show them what you're capable of. And, and that's the, and that's really the best way to start. I, I, I really am a big proponent of like hard work. I work really hard and I started working really hard. Just like Kim Kardashian says, <sighs> I had to. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Get up and work, Christian. <laughs> Another thing that I find very fascinating about your job is that you have celebrity clients that you style, mm-hmm. but you also have what I like to call high net worth individuals. It's a great. It's a great way to put it. I stole it. It's like a very well known term, but I am taking it under my wing as my own. It's it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty classy. Like people people ask me Rich. like, yeah. <laughs> I, I listen, that's exactly what I say. People are like, what kind of clients do you work with? I'm like, I work with celebrities and, and rich people who don't have the time to shop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that better. Good. Well, you can, you can steal it. I don't mind. I will. Um, so I want to ask, what are the biggest differences in working with those two types of people? High net worth individuals understand that they have to pay. And that's the difference. Mm, a celebrity is very used to getting things gratis. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, working with a celebrity, you're generally, you know, reaching out to PR firms. You're borrowing things. It's whether it's for a shoot or music video or press, all of these things. And so there's a lot more moving parts. So let's say a celebrity is doing like a press junket for for a week for, you know, perhaps they, they're releasing a new album or they're releasing a new film, whatever the case may be. You have to coordinate with PR teams to get clothes. You have to have fittings. You have to 
have their looks ready to travel to go to their, um, you know, their particular events. And then you have to get the clothes back. And then mm. all those clothes have to get back to the PR firms and whatever the case may be. Yeah. When you're working with high net worth individuals <laughs> who literally need you to shop for them, typically these kind of people still also have the same type of things going on in their lives, like lots of events to go to. You shop for them yeah. and you alter and it goes in their closet and it's available. You, it's available for multiple uses if mm-hmm. if they're if they're fine with that. Um, and a lot of my clients are they're they're definitely people that will wear things multiple times, and you freshen up their wardrobe every season and and create new ways to wear things that they already have and add in new pieces in the wardrobe. I mean, and these are people who are adding a lot into the wardrobe. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Those are walk-ins. Mm, multiple. Plural. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from the styling. Uh, I would just like to tell a small anecdote before we jump into something else that you do. Mm-hmm. But early on in our friendship, you took me into the bowels of a New York storage facility. Jesus. <laughs> I-, I promise you that we've walked past some dead bodies in those They things. had to. Yeah. I'm sorry. First, they really don't help themselves. They really don't. The lighting is terrifying. It's American Horror Story. It really is. You open that thing and it's... (laughs) As the door opens, silence. The acoustics are abhorrent. It's just... (laughs) Nobody's recording an album in there. Um, Anyways, you took me to one and I was like, okay, this is it. Like, I've heard the stories of people who make friends and then they kill them. And I was like, this is how I'm, I'm going to be found weeks from now, rotting in the back of this Manhattan storage facility. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you, but I also felt so uncomfortable taking you there because I thought... <laughs> you were like, she's going to think I'm a yes, murderer. Yes, I thought that you were going to think that I was going to try to harm you in some way. I really thought she was like, she's... I really thought you were thinking that I was going to murder you. Like, <laughs> I was like, the trust that this woman has, we've known each other for like a few weeks at this point. And in my mind, I'm just like, got to follow it through. <laughs> <laughs> if this is the end of my story. <laughs> anyway, that was all to say that you've got an insane collection of vintage designer pieces. Yes, and I also didn't kill you. And also, I am here to tell the tale, (laughs) (laughs) thankfully. But yes, so you have this insane collection, and I know that you have plans for it, so I want you to sort of talk us through how this collection came to be Mm -hmm. in just a little quick roundabout, but also what this archive, the Christian Troy archive, Mm -hmm. means to you and what's its future? I'm actually wearing a piece from the archive right now. I thought that it was only appropriate. Um, and actually, very timely, because Dua Lipa has used this same print for her Versace Lavacenza collection. Yeah. So for the visual viewers watching this on YouTube, you can see this vintage Versace moment happening. Spring, summer, 1995. Yeah. Love it. So um, one of my high net worth individual friends who um, can't call him a client, but I was actually helping him do some reorganizing of his closet. And randomly one day, uh, there's these underbed drawers, and he had these silk Versace shirts just sitting under the bed. They probably had been there for like 10 years. And in awe and amazement, um, and like all of the nostalgia of the 90s came back to me. Like I remember 
where I was at one point, at what point I was in my life. And I was thinking of like the Biggie and the Tupac and the Lil' Kim of it all, you mm-hmm. know? I remember pulling these shirts out of out of this like plastic zippered uh, container of sorts that he was keeping these things in. And I remember touching the fabric and, and there was something so special about it. I'm, I mean, I really remember that moment and maybe this is just a testament to like my love of fashion, but it just felt special and he gave it to me quite literally. We love generous friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's them having net worth individuals. He was like, I'm not using it. You can have it. It started this fascination with vintage pieces in general. I think that it was my first time really get like touching a designer vintage piece. Getting and up close it in and my, personal Yeah, with having it. it in my hand and realizing like the differences between the way things were made back then versus the way things are made now. And I started seeking out more of it. I wanted to just own it. and But I wanted, I wanted to own it and I wanted to wear it. But then there comes a point where there's only so many pieces that are available in your size. Mm-hmm. And there were so many beautiful pieces that looked like, that felt like pieces of art to me that I just wanted to own them. And so I said, you know what? forget it. I'm going to buy them. I just want to have them. I remember I was working a job um, for a hair care company and we were doing a shoot with uh, both men and women and they wanted this really high end, high fashion look. So um, there's this fabulous rental studio here in New York and they also have one in LA called Albright Fashion Library, but their mm-hmm. but their focus is women's wear. And so when it came to um, preparing for the shoot for men, I didn't have anywhere to go particularly with the budget that I had to rent pieces, particularly things that were very high end. So I had to go out and buy it. And I thought to myself, this is what I want to do. Like I can monetize this, this collection that I've been building mm-hmm. where, where really quite frankly, like I was building this collection just to have these beautiful anyway. pieces to look at, you know, it also, I was also thinking about, you know, coming up as a stylist, having a difficult time, like with PR firms Mm. loaning things to me because maybe, you know, maybe, you know, working with a new artist, the name wasn't big enough for them to have any interest in. And of course I've had some experiences where, where I've had, you know, PR firms say no, when you're, when I'm working with an A-list celebrity and it's just really, it's baffling to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so wasn't the type of person they were interested in. Exactly. So I, um, you know, also wanted to have a space where other creatives like me could at least have access to. I would like us to move into a segment, mm-hmm. which is where we talk about trending topics in the world. Of I like segments. And um, it's a little bit annoying because of what you've decided to wear today. But <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about the phenomenon that is the quiet luxury trend. Mm-hmm. Now, I especially wanted to talk about this with you because usually <laughs> you dress very quiet luxury. Yeah, it's the general vibe, yeah, <laughs> but, but not today. <laughs> but not today, <laughs> which just shows versatility, truly. A hundred percent. But I, so I wanted to sort of get your thoughts on how sort of random that this has just popped up out of nowhere and has grown so fast and it's something that people are talking about all the time and I'm sure people are sick of it but also I still have a sick fascination around it and why it's come to this place when I heard about quiet this this trend of quiet luxury I was like please fashion do not like (laughs) introduce the world into the way that I actually dress myself all the time I was actually I was so annoyed I was so annoyed you're like where are my credits (laughs) (laughs) 
And, and to now, now people just it, think that you're quite yeah, luxury. Oh, like, yeah, like riding I'm, the train. I'm riding the train. Seriously. <laughs> I'm going to move on to cottagecore. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen a guy do cottagecore. I'd love to see your take on it. <laughs> it's, it is really funny because when I got dressed to come here um, today, I thought I, I was reminding myself that there are two very distinct sides of me. And generally it is very um, quiet luxury the dad of it all. I like to, con- I like to, f- I like to say that I dress myself like a very chic dad. You have said in the past that I dress like the father of a two-year-old who speaks three different languages. Yes. Yeah. And I stand by it. Oh yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to hold on to that. And I think that I'm going to, uh, to manifest that into yep. my actual life. And they do um, all of the extracurriculars. Oh, for sure. Anything going. Oh yeah. Karate, ballet, you name it. They've done it. Mm-hmm. And are doing it. <laughs> for me, it's either quiet luxury dad vibes, or I have these moments where I want to wear beautiful artistic pieces, pieces mm-hmm. that feel like art to me. And I yeah. feel like that's what I'm doing today in a pair of vintage Levi's. I'll, you know, it, that's, that's the quiet luxury of it as well. <laughs> that's true. You may not think Levi's are luxury, but mm-hmm. it's luxury to me when you let's, let's talk about this for a quick moment. No, go let's for define it. luxury. Yes. What is luxury to you? Luxury to me is amazing quality mm-hmm. um, in addition to the way that it makes you feel. So when your garments fit you perfectly, when you've tailored them and they fit your body and they feel good on your body, that's luxury. Luxury is like taking, 100%. you know, hundred percent luxury is like taking a bubble bath and like your favorite you know, mm. in your favorite uh, bubbles and lavender on the side and eucalyptus leaves and whatever Ooh, whatever and makes nice you cup feel of tea good. Next yes. to the bath as well. Get your book out. Yes. Hold on a second. I'm Please sorry. Me, yes. I, I'm a big bath enthusiast. And there is a sweet spot of the amount of time one spends in the bath because you'll get to a point where you're like, this is heaven. I've transcended into a new plane mm-hmm. of relaxation and tranquility. And then three minutes from then, you are sweating from the brows and you're like, I need to get out of this. (laughs) See, that's the part I was going to say. Like when you feel like you're about to have a heart attack because you've been in the hot water for far too long. And you're like, I could just add a bit of cold, but also I think it ruins the vibe. Yeah. It's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on. Uh, (laughs) I think a lot of people will mistake luxury as just the high-end designer that I mean, like obviously, like we're in luxury today. You're in a beautiful Versace jacket. Why, thank you. Um, <laughs> but I think that the term itself, there's so many other things that kind of play into it. And again, I think it's about the way that it makes you feel. And so yes. for me, vintage Levi's. First of all, the fact that I'm wearing a pair of jeans that are literally from like the 1980s and they still are held up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's quality. Yeah. And the way that they're cut and the way that uh, they have this high rise. And like, I feel like a million dollars in my probably $30 Levi's jeans. Mm-hmm. And granted, I'm wearing them with Versace and Celine shoes, mm-hmm. but I think that that's what balances. I think that it's a balance for me. Like I don't yeah. need to be head to toe in designer. Yeah. You know, I've got a great, but I feel great mm-hmm. anyway. So, you know what, while we're on the topic of the HNWIs, the high net worth individual, <laughs> as somebody who shops 
for mm -hmm. those people that the trend of quiet luxury is trying to emulate, mm -hmm. okay? I'm sure a lot of the people that you buy for are self-made, are quote-unquote new money. In my eyes, new money, old money. Listen, it still gets accepted at the till, mm -hmm. you know? But that card still goes through. Mm -hmm. But anyway, <laughs> no money, even if it's a credit card, it goes through. The till. Klarna. <laughs> Any kind of money. <laughs> whether it's yours, whether it's not. But <laughs> what I'm trying to say is a lot of your clients will also be generational wealth, right? What this trend is trying to cosplay as. Yeah. And as somebody who shops for them, mm -hmm. are a lot of them actually wearing what social media is showing to be quiet luxury or is actually, much like there are, you know, with other topics, a variety of tastes. So for a lot of my H, I forgot that quick, <laughs> H-N-W-I's, yes, okay. Um, a lot of them actually already dressed that way. Okay. So this is nothing new to them. Um, so it, it is the quiet luxury, like the quiet luxury aesthetic, especially with high net worth individuals in New York. Oh yeah, it already is, existed. It was is kind of on the money though in terms of how oh, it looks. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent on the money. Yeah, I think that fashion just needed a new headline, and they just decided, <laughs> okay, like this is going to be. I mean, like obviously with uh, with shows like Succession and Billions. Um, yes, you know, I have something to add about Succession. Yeah. So last Monday, a friend took me to a talk with the costume designer mm -hmm. for Succession. Michelle Matland. Mm -hmm. And she basically said that in order to understand how to dress the family, mm -hmm. she would sit outside of Bergdorf and wait for, like, she said sometimes they'd come out of a cab and the man would come around and open the door for his wife or whatever. Sometimes they'd come out of a black car or whatever. And you would know straight away, okay. Yeah. These are the these are the Roy quote unquote family in real life. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And she would tail them around the store. And she would basically like hide behind the racks and be like, okay, so they're going into Laura Piana, right. And so they're sitting down and then they get served a champagne and they usually get greeted at the door by the sales associate and then they get walked around, blah, blah, blah. And I found that fascinating. I'm fascinated as you're telling me this story. One more thing before we move into our last segment mm -hmm. uh, is... I saw something somewhere that, okay, so the current poster sh child for Quiet Luxury is Sophia Richie Grange. Yes. Okay. So I take it that, I mean, you've seen the pictures from the wedding, you've seen the outfits, all of that. I have. Okay. Yeah. I saw some, I can't remember if I read it or something, but somebody basically said that like the Quiet Luxury thing is all good and well for her. She's... I, I also had to write down her age to get this right. She's, probably, She's what, 24. 20, right. And it's like... Does she really need to be doing this quiet luxury thing now? She has her whole life to dress like she lives in Monaco for tax purposes. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> and so, I mean, I sort of see it from the point of, and look, 
I'm very much that if this is your style and this is what you love and that is you, then, oh my gosh, live your best life. Absolutely. But it's when it's a trend mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh my gosh, you're 24. These are the outfits that you should be looking back and regretting. <laughs> this is the time where, you know, it should be the push-up bra is far too obvious mm-hmm. and the skirt is too <laughs> short and the thing was see-through and all of that. And you look back and you go, wow, what was I thinking? See it. But you thought you were killing it at the time mm-hmm. and see when you i follow sophia ritchie yes grange mm-hmm. um i have for a long time but when you use her immediately when you used her as an example my immediate thought was she's just playing into the trend mm-hmm. of it all mm-hmm. it doesn't feel to me like it's naturally her somebody who i think has always kind of been the quiet luxury girl i is know like, uh Rosie Huntington Whiteley. 100%. Oh, she has been doing this for ages. Yeah. And she's been killing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I reckon my little conspiracy theory is that Sophia Ritchie was going to get married, obviously. Mm-hmm. Employed a stylist. Mm-hmm. She was like, I need a bit of a rebrand. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do the opposite of what we've been doing thus far. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Quiet luxury. Get her in some, you know, sodden cape trousers and a Magda Boutram top and a Laura Piana little pouch and off and, we go. And yeah, exactly. Call and, it a look. Yeah. And yeah. a sort of informal partnership with Chanel as well. Ah. Yeah. I don't think she's like an actual ambassador, but she's going to all of the shows and they did her wedding mm-hmm. second look and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving into our third segment, the wheel of nosiness. <laughs> Please I would like a, to have a jingle. Please have a, like a snorty sound effect with the wheel of nosiness. I think a sniff would be more appropriate for the fashion industry because of all the oh. cocaine. Okay, so my brain I'm actually joking. went there. No, I was going to say a cokey snort, but you. But I get. I think that you snort coke. You don't sniff it. We wouldn't. I know. wouldn't know. <laughs> we are very straight laced over here. <laughs> we are. Okay. Minus the straight when it comes to me, but. Okay, so I have got this little wheel generator that has a number of questions pre-populated in it, okay? And Mm -hmm. it's just going to randomly give you one when you press the center of it. Okay. So please, go ahead. All right. I'm nervous. Underrated fashion brand. Oh, okay. So I just recently discovered Aura Lee, A-U-R-A-L-E-E. It's a Japanese brand, mm-hmm. uh, menswear. No, 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 no. I take that back. Men's, men and women's wear. It's very quiet. It's very luxury, but without the very luxury price tag. It mm. very much reminds me of the row. Okay. In terms of, I mean, their 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 collection is small. What I what I realized I love about Orly are their t-shirts, and I can get this fantastic t-shirt that I can put on with jeans or with a high-waisted trouser, the perfect jean for under a sport coat um, that feels elevated for $100 as opposed to the row, which anywhere, which ranges anywhere from $300 to $900. Mm. Yeah. Brought a few to a fitting for a client. He took every single one and then told me after I left that he went online and bought more. He loved them that much. <laughs> Yeah, so Orly, that's my underrated fashion brand mm, right now. Shout out to Orly. Yeah, and then I'm going to be pissed when I try to go buy it. And the <laughs> prices have increased because people are buying it and uh, listen, or it's sold out. Listen, I don't have that big of an influence. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Fashion brand that... 
Oh. Oh, sorry. I just no. no. I just can't see. It's because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fashion brand that fell off that you want to see more of. Mm-hmm. Shall I get Do it? you have one? Yeah. Tell me. A Velager. I've got really? a whole video. Yeah, I literally. I just filmed a video about this. Really. It will, it will be up before this, but yeah. Here's my thing. Iconic. A moment, right? Mm-hmm. Those bandage dresses ruled fashion mm-hmm. for the years that they were having a moment, right? Mm-hmm. Can't remember how many. And now I feel like is the opportunity for them. First of all, I just feel like they never really evolved. They didn't. Until recently. And I fa- didn't I send you... Like around the time that we first met, and I was shopping, I was mm-hmm. in Bloomingdale's, and they had and they carry every Leger in Bloomingdale's. Oh, but this is and the I, thing; it's like the odd piece, right? That's really good. Exactly. Yeah, but, but the problem is nobody's seeing it. Nobody's seeing it. I I don't know if they need a better PR team or whatever. Mm-hmm. They recently did a collection with Law Roach. The after the announcement, mm-hmm. I didn't Crickets, hear anything about. Yeah. And yeah, I I want more for them. Yeah. Yes, that's mine. Mm-hmm. Who's yours? I think that that's a good one. So this might be a controversial okay. brand Go for um, it. in the sense that as a stylist, mm-hmm. I feel like this brand has fallen off. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Ford. I agree. But also he's just left the company. Even before. I mean, I think mentally he was checked out I for think, a bit. Yeah. Um, I think that he and knew that he was going to. And rightfully so. Yeah. Because a lot had happened to him personally as well. Right. right but. Right. Yeah, he's also exited the company that it's a bit like, gosh, what happens next? I mean, I I, I think September is when we're going to see the first collection uh-huh. under new creator director. Yeah. Cannot, I don't know the name. Peter Hawkins. Okay. Is it, Tom Ford needs a, it needs a new direction. Mm-hmm. Nothing feels fresh anymore. I used to, on average, spend sixty to $80,000 there per year for my clients. Mm-hmm. And... I don't shop there anymore because the silhouettes are the same. The fabrication is the same. It's the same garment in different colors. Mm -hmm. Um, And nothing feels new or interesting anymore. And it's really time. And I hope that, that under this new creative creative direction that is going to that is going to take a shift. I mean, it should still feel very genuine to the DNA of Tom Ford, yeah. but I would like it to make a comeback because Tom Ford, the name Tom Ford has always been synonymous with a certain level of quality, mm-hmm. a certain level of I want to use the word niche in terms of like you know who that Tom Ford girl or guy is if they're in Tom Ford for Gucci. Like there's okay. this, there's this sex appeal that comes with it. Like, mm-hmm. you know who that person is. And I just don't think that it resonates anymore. No. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's like, I think apart from the shoes, the bags completely fell off. Oh God. There was a time when like Tom Ford bags were having a moment. Oh yeah, for sure. And that- then they decided to throw a TF on everything. And it's like, really? It's the TB Thomas Burberry of it all. <laughs> there you go um yeah and uh, honestly i feel like for for the women's wear side the only thing that has been carrying that brand are the shoes Mm -hmm. and those like boxer short and boxer trousers that have the elastic waistband that says tom ford yeah yeah yeah. 100 percent. your last spin oh just one more (laughs) fine can we play again off camera yeah (laughs) what's next on your wish list oh why do I, oh, okay. I was like, there's something. And for some reason I can't remember. Um, I will not say where I was because I don't want somebody to swoop in and take it from me because I, because I've not purchased it yet. 
but I want a vintage 1970s, 80s. The one that I tried on was from the 70s, Patek Philippe Ellipse, mm. 18 karat gold uh, bezel with a crocodile band. Now. Old money. I was literally just about to say, what a full circle moment, because that, sir, is yeah. a high net worth individual. Yeah. Old money aesthetic purchase. Oh, yeah. Old money, quiet luxury. <laughs> and it's the thing that I will wear with my vintage Levi's t-shirts and a, and a crocodile loafer. Yeah. And that's, and it's me. It's so unassuming. I don't need people to know what kind of watch it is. Mm-hmm. I couldn't care less. But it is on the wish list. It is five figures. And uh, I will get it eventually. But now is not the time. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine, because if it's waiting there for you, then it's meant to be. Uh, yeah, it'll find me. If oh, it, there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. 100%. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I had I, the best fun. I actually, I should have started by telling you how excited I was when I sat down on the couch to actually be here. So exciting for me. And 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 thank you so much for, for trusting me to be on your first episode. Of course. Yeah. It couldn't be anybody else. <laughs> um, please tell everybody how they can find you to follow your journey. All right. Well, on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram, uh, I am at Christian Choi. Christian is spelled with a double A. So it's like the religion and then add an A. <laughs> yeah. It's Dutch. Christian. I am not. And my website is uh, ChristianChoi.com. Um, so you can see my styling work. Um, there's an intro into my interior design. And then there's also my entire archive. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to see more. And uh, I believe that, you know, listen, I'm starting out. So this is just rumor. But I've heard that a five-star review, much like when you have a wonderful Uber ride, and I hope that this was better, um, helps... <laughs> on anywhere that you listen to podcasts so please throw me one of those as well hope you enjoyed and thank you again to christian bye guys